slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everyone had a great weekend. The Islanders certainly had a good one. They escaped with a 3-2 overtime victory at the Nassau Coliseum over the Buffalo Sabres, a game which they earned two points, but they also actually gave away one point to the Sabres. We'll break down that game, analyze it, and tell you what happened and why during today's show. We'll also have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more to come, so stay with us. Let's start with the action over the weekend at the Coliseum. And look, the Islanders came in off a successful road trip, having taken two out of three, and they were confident. But this was a game that Islander fans should find a little bit frustrating Uh, despite the fact that the Islanders got the two points. Now, it started off with some physicality, very little denying that, and right off the bat, it looked like everyone was going after Ross Johnston. Uh, He seemed to be the target uh, of Buffalo's players, and I'm not exactly, to be honest with you, sure why Marco Scandella uh, was the one who was going right after... uh, going right after Ross Johnston, and, and you know, it, it got physical from the start, but to their credit, the Islanders did not give into it, and I have to talk a little bit about that uh, at the proper point when analyzing this game. Islanders got the first goal of the contest, Michael Dow Cole, his second of the year, and that came at 5.11, 5 minutes, 11 seconds into the game, Anthony Beauvillier with the lone helper on the goal, and that gave the Islanders a one to nothing lead as they struck first in a game they had to strike first. Linus Olmark, the goaltender for Buffalo, Simeon Varlamov in between the pipes for the Islanders in this one. Matthew Barzal had a chance to make it 2-0 Islanders, but Olmark was able to make the stop on his shot from the right circle, and as a result, it stayed 1-0. Islanders had the better of the play for most of the first period, but then an incident taking place toward the end of the period. And we talked about Scandella, and Ross Johnston took a hard hit from Scandella, and who goes after him? Josh Bailey and kudos to Josh Bailey for what he did. And Bailey essentially, you know what? He ends up taking a penalty, but it was a good penalty to take. Scandella got two for roughing. Bailey got four for roughing. And Anders Lee had a uh, Anders Lee had to serve that power play. But you know, at the end of the day, Johnston is a guy who usually is busy 
defending his smaller teammates. And when someone went after him and hurt him, to see Josh Bailey go in and defend Ross Johnston was a, a, a great move by a veteran leader on this team. You know, you prefer that he didn't draw the extra two minutes, but in that situation, you stick up for your teammates and you get the job done, and that's what Bailey did. And it shows you how the Islanders, as a team, really stick together. And the cohesiveness in that locker room, the leadership that Josh Bailey showed, you know, that's the kind of thing that makes the difference in close hockey games. The Islanders kept that one nothing lead. They were able to kill off the power play that Buffalo got as a result, uh, which carried into the second period by 22 seconds. But it was one nothing Islanders. Shots on goal were all even at nine apiece after the period was over. And Johnston was able to continue. He was on the Islanders' bench at the start of the second period. So that was a, a, a good outcome. They were able to kill off the penalty, but the second period was uh, an injury, first of all, taking place as Michael Dalcole left the game and would not return. So the Islanders were short one forward from early on in the second period. Now, the power play does catch up with the Islanders. Brock Nelson heads off for a penalty, holding the stick, the call on ex-Islander Kyle Oposo. So Nelson heads to the box, and the Sabres are able to take advantage. Victor Olofsson on the power play scores the goal. That is his 14th of the year from Rasmus Dahlin and Jack Eichel. And with that goal, Eichel extend uh, with the assist on that goal, excuse me, Eichel extends his point streak to 16 games, and boy, has Jack Eichel ever been red hot. The game now tied at 1-1, and the time of the goal, 6-11. Ross Johnston did return, took a shift. Islanders had a power play chance midway through the period at the 8:04 mark of period two, where Rasmus Ritzelainen was called for holding Eberly. But the Islanders were unable to take advantage of that opportunity, and the score remained 1-1. Islanders got another power play chance in the second period as Evan Rodriguez was called for hooking Brock Nelson at 10:53, And then yet again, when Marcus Johansson had a two-minute interference penalty as he interfered with Matthew Barzal. But each time in that second period... The Islanders were unable to take advantage. The power play was getting chances. Eberly had a backhander that went wide from the crease area. Bailey had an open shot from the uh, right circle, but that also went wide. And so with these chances, the power play doesn't click. And after 40 minutes, the Islanders and Sabres head into the locker room tied at one. Sabres out shooting the Islanders after 40 minutes by a margin of 20 to 15 so 11 to 6 shots on goal for the Sabres in the second period. All right, when we return we will review the third period 
of this game. We also have this Dayton Islanders history and a whole lot more to come. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. All right, so the Islanders and the Sabres headed into the third period even at one. Uh, it was announced at the start of the third period that Michael Dalcole would not return due to an upper body injury, but no more specifics uh, were given. So that situation remains the same. Third period gets underway and the Islanders get on the board. They do a good job of moving the puck and it sets up Jordan Eberle for his third goal of the year. The time of the goal, 4.50. He hit that one from the slot area. Brock Nelson and Anthony Beauvillier with the assists and the Islanders had a 2-1 lead and it looked like that lead would hold up until late in the game. And here's where things got a little bit sloppy. And the Islanders, Matthew Barzal, takes a two-minute roughing call as he basically gets on Rasmus Dahlin at 16.27. So there's 3.33 left in the game. You're nursing a 2-1 to lead. You can't afford to take that kind of a penalty. Look, Dahlin and Barzal had been going at each other with little... Uh, hits and pushes and and words back and forth throughout a good portion of this hockey game. But you cannot take your revenge holding a one-goal lead with three and a half minutes left in regulation time. And look, Matthew Barzal is still a young player. He does not have as much experience as, let's say, a Josh Bailey or uh, even an Anders Lee or a Johnny Boychuk. He lost his cool. He took his revenge at the wrong time with that little extra move. And the Sabres go on the power play. Now, who do you think is going to come up big for Buffalo on the power play? None other than the red-hot Jack Eichel. Eichel, his 23rd on the power play from Rasmus Ritzelainen and Marcus Johansson. Time of the goal, 18-14. And really, you know, part of that power play was a six on four because they pulled the goalie down by uh, a goal. And as a result, game is tied and Buffalo gets a point as well as the Islanders. Now, who knows? You know, it's still only December. There's a lot of hockey left to be played. But when you come down to... You know, if if one of these two teams are battling for that last wild card spot come April, this extra point that Buffalo got, you know, could come back to haunt the Islanders. The game goes to overtime, and the Islanders finally are able to take advantage. Anthony Beauvillier scoring at 304 on a breakaway. Brock Nelson sprung him with a beautiful pass. Beauvillier's 10th, it is the game winner, and the Islanders end this one with a 3-2 victory, and I'll tell you something else, nobody was happier than Matthew Barzal, who took that penalty that ended up costing his team, well, it, it didn't really cost the Islanders a point, but like I said, Buffalo gets an extra point that they may not otherwise have gotten as a result of the power play. Penalty kill has to be a concern. Uh, you know, both Buffalo tallies came with the extra attacker, and the Islanders 
really do need to sort of buckle down. Good game for Simeon Varlamov. Couldn't fault him on either of the goals. He makes 33 saves in 35 shots for a 943 save percentage, and he ends up with the victory. Offensively for the Islanders, Beauvillier, a goal, two assists, and a plus three on the day. Brock Nelson, two helpers. He is also a plus three on the day. And, of course, Dal Cole, in only three and a half minutes of action, 335 to be exact, has the goal. No points from the Islanders defensemen uh, in this game. The scratches, Leo Kamarov and Nick Letty, who's still not ready. Noah Dobson plays, is a plus one, and plays in 16 minutes and 8 seconds of action, which is a, a good amount for Noah Dobson. Dobson, by the way, his contract begins. He has uh, made his 10th appearance, and he will... Uh, he, he This is his entry-level season, as far as his contract was concerned. Interesting statistic. Of the six Islander defensemen who played in this game, five of them a plus one. The only one who was even was Scott Mayfield. Uh, hits for the Islanders, you know, not as many as usual, quite honestly. Anders Lee with four. Uh, four for Clutterbuck, four for Casey Sezikis, and four for Matt Martin. So that fourth line spreading those hits around. You look at the shot differential, you know, the shot chart. Islanders had more opportunities from down low, from the slot, from outside the crease. Buffalo, their shots more from the point areas, from beyond the circles. And it shows that the Islanders, again, played a strong team defense. The only time they tended to struggle was when Buffalo was on the power play. And that is something that they are going to have to rectify. Uh, can't get into a power play slump. The face-off circle, Brock Nelson wins 9 out of 12 for 75%. Casey Zizekas, 11 out of 14 for 79%. And Derek Broussard wins all five of his draws as a team. The Islanders doing exceptionally well in the face-off circle, and they have to be pleased with that performance. With the victory, the Islanders now 22-7-2 on the season. That gives them 46 points, still seven points behind Washington, although the Caps have played three more games than the Islanders. And the Islanders are four points ahead of both Carolina and Pittsburgh, although both of those teams have played two more games than the Islanders have. So, overall, a good weekend for the team. They end up with a 3-2 home win, coming off a good, successful road trip where they took two out of three. So, a successful homecoming for the Islanders as they set themselves up for the week to come. The only two concerns, really, that foolish penalty that they took toward the end of the game that allowed the Sabres to tie it on the power play, and then the penalty kill itself which was a bit shaky, allowing two goals to Buffalo, something they need to sort of shore up as they move forward. We've got a lot more to talk about here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more. Stay with us, more to come. Okay, before we get to this date in Islanders history, just a, a fun stat. 
the win on Saturday got the Islanders to 20 victories for the season, and that happened in the team's 29th game. That is the fastest in franchise history that the Islanders have ever gotten to 20 wins. Now, of course, it's a little different now because back in the day, uh, there was a such thing called a tie. So, you know, all those shootout wins and uh, overtime wins wouldn't have happened uh, back in the day. So it's a little easier in some ways to accumulate those wins in 2019 than it was in the 70s and 80s. But that being said, a very impressive nonetheless as the Islanders fastest to 20 wins in their history. And that includes all four Stanley Cup championship teams of the early 80s. All right, we're going to take a look at this date in Islanders history. Islanders facing the Rangers at the Nassau Coliseum. The date, December 16th, 1989. These two teams did not like each other back then. Not that they like each other now, but the uh, Rangers got on board quickly. Brian Mullen scores just 2 minutes and 32 seconds into the game. His seventh of the year from John Ogrodnik, and it was one to nothing in favor of the Rangers. The Rangers doubling that lead at the 11-minute mark of the opening period as defenseman James Patrick scored his ninth from Tomas Sandstrom and Jan Eriksson, and it was two to nothing. Late in the period, some rough stuff going on. First, Mark Janssen's and Pat LaFontaine each go off two for roughing at 15-23, and then a major fight breaks out between Rudy Pocek of the Rangers and Mick Vakoda of the Islanders. Time of that one, 15-33, and the Rangers were shorthanded because Pocek picked up an instigator penalty. But nonetheless, Islanders unable to cash in on that or on the high-sticking penalty against Rangers starting goaltender John Van Beesbrook. And at the end of the first period, the Rangers held a 2 to nothing lead. In the second period, the Rangers had a chance to extend their 2 nothing lead. First at 321, Pat LaFontaine went into the penalty box for cross-checking. Then, just 35 seconds later, defenseman Jeff Norton was called for a two-minute high-sticking penalty, and the Rangers, with a 2-0 lead, had a 5-on-3. But some strong penalty killing, including some great goaltending by Mark Fitzpatrick, kept it a 2-0 game, and then the Islanders struck back. Midway through the period, Pat LaFontaine gets his 23rd of the year from Alan Kerr and Gerald Diddick, and it's a 2-1 to one hockey game as the Islanders reduce the Rangers' lead to one. Then, former Ranger Don Maloney scores his fifth goal of the year at 13-23 of the second period. Assist to Doug Crossman and UB McDonough. And after 40 minutes, the game was all even at two apiece. Suddenly, a very different contest. In the third period... Pat LaFontaine gives the Islanders the advantage, scoring at the 225 mark, his 24th from Derek King and Pat Flatley. And then 10 minutes later, Brad Lauer ices it with his fourth goal of the year from LaFontaine and Derek King. And the Islanders led 4 to 2. But it wasn't quite over yet. 
John O'Grodnick got a goal at 16.50 from Kelly Kissio, O'Grodnick's 20th, and the Islanders' goal was now 4-3, but Fitzpatrick played a strong final three minutes and 10 seconds, and the Islanders were able to hold on to earn a 4-3 win over the Rangers at the Nassau Coliseum. Some statistical notes from this game. Ken Baumgartner, the bomber, led the Islanders with 10 penalty minutes. He had a misconduct. Pat LaFontaine, two goals, one assist. Derek King, two helpers. Uh, and among the plus-minus, Gerald Diddick, the defenseman, he had one assist in the game. He was a plus three. LaFontaine led the Islanders with six shots on goal, as we mentioned, scoring on two of them. And Mark Fitzpatrick made 29 saves in 32 shots to earn the win. All of that on this date in Islanders history, December 16th, 1989. And if you recall, these two teams met again in the playoffs in 1990, uh, the, the same year, uh, in what was a disappointing series for the Islanders, filled with a lot of controversy uh, and passion, to say the least, a very physical and, and crazy series, which uh, Pat LaFontaine ended up in the hospital at the end of Game 1. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Join us tomorrow. We'll have a full preview of the Islanders game against the Nashville Predators at the Coliseum, plus this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.